0: to live well, do good, be happy, but how do we do that in the middle of our regular routine of kids complaining and laundry to fold? How do we live well, do good, be happy with big jobs and full lives? Well, I'm Polly Campbell, and that's what we'll talk about here on Simply Sunday. My daughter is out of school now, we're on summer break in this household, and let's just say the routine has changed around these parts. But I'm still working full-time and I have some big-time things I want to accomplish this year, so I've got to stay focused on my goals. How can you do that even when life feels like one big distraction? That's what we'll talk about here today on Simply Said. Hello, hello, hello! I am Polly Campbell, and this is Simply Said, the podcast where we talk about practical ways. That means the things that even I can do, and if I can do them, you can do them too, to live a great life. And today we're going to talk about how to keep on, how to persist and make progress on our goals even when the sun is out and the beach is calling or your kid is complaining or claim, claiming there's an emergency because the remote doesn't work, whatever it is, whether it's good weather or summer break for your kids or an illness or a move or a little motivation or a lot of self-doubt, there are always going to be distractions, Facebook, things that threaten to steer us off track from the thing we are focused on doing, the thing we want to accomplish, whether it's running a marathon or writing a book or furnishing grad school, or opening a business or writing, in Silence for one freaking minute. Silence is hard to come by around these parts right now. But these and other distractions can also be a convenient excuse for not doing the thing, right? Sometimes it's easier to blame my daughter than actually sit my behind down at the desk and do the work. But there are always going to be distractions. There's always going to be obstacles and we can't put life on hold until we settle in or the kid goes back to school or things get easier. We can't put off our life until things get easier because this is our life. This is all part of it. We are all leading full lives. We might be quaking from self-doubt or no longer interested in doing the thing we once said we wanted to do. We might be afraid of failure and there are other things that can keep us from accomplishing It's doing those things that matter to us most that also propel us forward and create meaningful, happy lives. So let's focus on getting those meaningful things done, or at least making progress toward the thing that feels important to us. Because in the long run, not doing is detrimental. Not doing, leaving things unfinished, stresses us out, leaves us feeling disappointed in ourselves, chips away at our self-image and confidence but even incremental progress toward our goals can help us stay motivated and keep moving. I talk about this more in the small wins episode and you can go back and listen to it, but today we are talking more about process. How do we stay on track when everything feels off? One way is to chunk it. Research shows that we can focus well for about 20 minutes or two minutes sometimes, 20 minutes, okay, we'll go with that. Research shows that we can focus well for about 20 minutes before we get tired and our minds begin to wander. So schedule your work in 20-minute chunks, then take a short break and come back to it for another 20 minutes. Sometimes this is called the Pomodoro Technique. And with the Pomodoro, you set a timer for 20 or 25 minutes. You work that period of time, and then when the timer goes off, you take a five-minute break. Go walk the dog or check on the kids, get up and move, and then come back to it again and keep working in those 25-minute intervals, right? I like this. What I find is when I get started on the, first of all, I can do anything for 20 minutes, I figure, right? So when I get started on the 20 minutes, often I really get sucked into the work and and I'm able to keep going. But the other thing that happens is I get a lot done in those 20-minute intervals and then... I come back to it and I'm ready to go again after my break. I can create a whole project in a a day this way. Uh, So chunk it or try the Pomodoro Technique. Set your timer and go and see how it works for you. Another method I use to stay focused is I park the clutter. Often at work I'm juggling a bunch of different projects. I'm working on the podcast, I'm working on articles, I'm taking on research. I've also, you know, got to schedule my golf game and parent my daughter and do our finances and those kind of things. So like all of us, it becomes really distracting, shifting from thing to thing. I feel fragmented um, and I feel like I'm never really making any progress. So I park the clutter. I take all the extra things, the little pieces I need to respond to or the bill I need to check on or the post-it note with a reminder, and I put it in a separate file folder. It doesn't go away. It stays on my desk, and that's a sign of those things that I need to, the little nippy things that I need to finish up for the day but it's not all in a pile in front of me. It's in a safe place where I can turn to and it gets it out of my head and into the folder. Often I'll write notes to myself in there just to get it out of my brain, reminding me to make an extra call or uh, to pay the bill or to order the swimsuit for my daughter. Things that have to get done, by the dog food. Things that have to get done, but don't have to get done right then because it's those little nitpicky things that take me out of my head and away from the projects uh, that is my work or that's important to my family. And I wanna do one thing at a time. So by taking these post-it notes to myself or clippings or bills or the pieces that I need to also do in the day, putting them in a folder off to the side of my desk, I can come back at them, I can let them out of my mind and come back at them at the end of the day. When I don't have to hold on to those things, um, in my brain, I'm free to focus on the projects at hand and I'm able to work through them faster. So I put them all in a physical folder. Uh, I've worked with a creativity coach for a while and that was her idea. Andrew would say, you know, create a parking folder, park that stuff and then come back to it when you had a block of time. And it, uh, it's freeing. I love it. it. Takes the mental clutter away, frees me up. This approach has also helped me manage my multitasking, which is just a way of feeling busy without really accomplishing much, right? Most of us aren't as good at multitasking as we think. Uh, Sure, we can do lots of things, especially when they don't require much attention. It isn't hard to stir noodles while listening to your husband talk about his day. But it is hard to listen to a podcast while researching an article. It is hard to teach my daughter to wear proper clothing while I'm emailing the editor. My brain can't work in those two areas and really most of our brains don't work that way. Research shows that we actually get more done and make fewer mistakes when we focus on one task at a time. Only about 2% of us are what psychologists call super taskers and it is probably not you, right? I read, I read this research and I was convinced I'm a super tasker and no, I'm not. I took the quiz, I'm not. Only about 2% of all of us are able to really effectively and efficiently juggle a bunch of responsibilities at one time. Take one thing at a time. You will save yourself time in the long run because what happens? We stumble, we make mistakes, we forget things, and we have to come back. We have to circle back around and deal with it. Do one thing at a time. You'll be more successful. You'll be more productive and make better progress. So that's a way when you have a short amount of time this summer to get done what you need to get done before the commute home or whatever else is going on, then you wanna make those moments work. Take one task at a time. Developing a ritual around your task or routine is, is another way to stay more focused and fight through distraction. If your daily routine is all wonky, right now because of the changing schedules or because of vacation time or whatever it is, a ritual is a way of priming the brain, reminding us, okay, we're going to be on task. We're going to focus now for this 20 minutes or whatever period of time you want to work, whether it's exercise or taking on a familiar activity. When we send signals to ourselves that now we are going to be on this task, we'll focus on it. Better. We'll have greater focus and we'll even enjoy it more without needing to think about it so hard. A lot of writers have rituals. Part of my ritual is to start my morning with a meditation, to write morning pages, have a cup of coffee. And then when it's time to come to work, I go to the same place each day. I sit down at the same time each day and this primes my brain. It says, hey brain, it's writing time. Sit your butt down and get going. So even when the house is rattling around me, I get up early, I leave plenty of time to do this ritual so that I, when I do sit down, when I do get a moment to sit down, I can do the work. Try for yourself, what ritual can you use? What can you develop that will send a signal to your brain that it's time for a run or time to study or time to pay the bills? A ritual is usually three-step components, something that we can simply replicate time after time. We do things the same way each time. You know, you see athletes do it a lot, writers do it a lot, artists do it a lot. What simple steps can you take to send the signal to your brain and your body that it's time to get on task? And then you work your 20 minutes or 25 minutes before taking a break. Think about it, try it. Another way of staying on track and staying focused, and this is a fancy term, I don't think I think we make it too hard, but it's called mental contrasting. New York University researcher and psychologist, Gabriel Ettingen, has studied this process of mental contrasting and says, contrasting a desired future with present reality, her quote, can help us pick better goals in the beginning and keep us on task working on them until completion. Here's what it means. When you think about what you want to accomplish, the goal you want to achieve, and you compare it to your current experience, you contrast it to your current experience, where you are now, then you can look at the obstacles you might encounter between here and there. So if you want to write five pages, that's the goal you want to achieve, and you are sitting here now, not writing any pages, you can see the obstacles, the barriers, you can understand better why you're writing one page instead of the five and then you can take steps to change that with mental contrasting you might also recognize that the goal you chose you no longer care about that's okay we grow out of things we change our minds we we learn and identify different things we'd want in our lives no need to stick to a goal that doesn't serve you right so look at your goal the thing you want to achieve the place you want to get to Look at where you are now, and then realistically identify the obstacles that you may encounter between here and there. So when the struggles and the obstacles come up, you're not surprised by them, and you're likely to persist to overcome them. Another way of looking at this is called the if-then process, and and this is how I like to do it. If-then identifies what you want to address, the obstacles in your way, and how to handle them when they come up, okay? Before I went a little crazy and started exercising regularly and taking care of myself better, I had a million excuses that distracted me from my goal of getting in shape. You know, my favorite was, well, I have rheumatoid arthritis. I can't work out. And even though the doctors would say, work out, you know. uh, Then I was like, well, as soon as my kid goes back to school in the fall, when the weather warms up, I'll walk around the neighborhood. Whatever, right? I was very good with my excuses, but it wasn't working for me because I felt lumpy. I felt icky. I wanted to get moving in my life again. So I started to work actively with this if-then method. I decided I wanted to exercise or get activity, get some movement five days a week. Most of them I wanted to be at the gym. So I lay out my clothes the night before to prevent the distraction and excuse of having to think through of what I need to wear early in the morning when I go. Then I set my workout times the night before because that was another obstacle. I never had any time, which was real. But I realized that if I wrote them into my schedule, put them in my calendar and schedule the time, I would make it. And then I created the if-then model. If it's Tuesday, then I go to the gym. So when I wake up on Tuesday, even if I don't feel like going to the gym or I'm feeling hurt or stiff or I'm tired or I want to lay on the couch and keep the cat company, I think, well... If it's Tuesday, yes, then I go to the gym. And my clothes are right there. I've scheduled the time in. So Tuesday's a workout day, right? Of course we get worn out on route to our goals. We're juggling this big, huge life, managing families and hobbies and kids and animals and things that are meaningful and fun and challenging. And self-discipline can zap our energy and our motivation and keep us from following through the things that create the most meaningful and satisfying lives. That can keep us stuck. When we are worn out at the end of the day, that's a real thing and it's less likely that we'll do the things we want to do or need to do to live the kind of lives we want to lead. So I take that guessing out of it. I take the decision out of it. So now the obstacles and distractions are going to come. I know what they are. I know what a lot of them are. and. I have a plan in place. If it's Wednesday, if my workout clothes are out, I work out. I go to the gym. It's that simple. I don't think about it. And I am surprised about how well this works for me. Because really, I get so worn out by making decisions in my day that I do the things that come easiest. If I make it easy to work out, I will work out right? And this works too because if you have a plan in place, then when other distractions come up, when you're unrooted by a change in the routine like summer break or a vacation schedule or whatever, an illness, whatever's going on for you that changes your routine, you still have these plans in place that keep you rooted to the things that you think are most important, the things that will bring value to your life. Now here's a couple things to think about. One of them I already touched on. It's okay to quit on a goal if it's no longer relevant or interesting. Don't finish the book if you hate the book, right? Running the marathon may not be smart if you are coming back from an injury. Maybe you need to postpone it or adapt a new goal. Getting the promotion may no longer be important to you if, for example, you would no longer wanna work at the company or you wanna move on and start your own business, right? I had a couple of goals that felt very important to me around my first book and the proposal and the marketing ideas I had. And then I got diagnosed with cancer, all is well, that was 12 years ago, but immediately my goals shifted. I learned really quick that I didn't have much if I couldn't improve my health, if I couldn't get healthier. And it didn't matter how many books I sold if I wasn't around here to enjoy it. So if you're having problems staying motivated repeatedly, take a look at your goals and make sure you're picking good goals for you. What is it you truly want? choose something that will add value and meaning, not just in the outcome, but in the process, because the process is where we live most of our lives. Going to the gym every day, I hate it every day, I'm not even joking, but going to the gym every day adds value to my life, and it gives me something to complain about besides but add value to my life because I feel strong when I do it. I feel physically strong. I feel mentally strong and I know I'm doing something that will help me do the things that I really love doing, right? Do the thing that add value and meaning to you and the world that allows you to be on purpose and drop the other goals. Don't waste your time with the things that do not matter because even the things we want most They're hard to achieve. So we have to pick something where the process is as much fun, as important, as valuable as the outcome. And whenever you drop a bad goal, replace it with something better. Fill that void with something that really excites you and really motivates you. And that brings us to the Simply Start segment where we talk about ways to get started on the things we're talking about today. And today I want you to pull out a sheet of paper and write down one thing that's been hanging over your head. One thing you've wanted to accomplish that you haven't yet done. For me, I'll tell you what, my office supply closet was a disaster. I would open the door and things would fall out. And that's crazy because I'm a very organized, tidy person around the house. But that is one place that just had stuff stacked in it. It was a disaster and it was stressing me out. Every time I opened it, something fell out and I could barely focus on my work even when that closet door was closed. That was the thing, I put it off for years. Find your one thing and write that down. Now pick your progress method. Will you chunk it and work on it for 20 minutes? Set a timer and go? Will you create a ritual every time you see it or uh, simple steps you'll take that will put you in the mood to work on that goal? Maybe putting your workout shoes next to your bed, then adding a song to your playlist to play at the gym setting your alarm to help prime you to take on the activity you want to start after lunch. We use the if then strategy. If it's Tuesday, I'll clean the closet. If it's Saturday, I'll go for a walk around the neighborhood, right? If it's the first Saturday of the month, I'll clean up one cabinet around the house. If it's 6 a.m. on a Monday, then I will get up and work on the book. Pick your goal. Write it down. Now pick your progress method and get going. You'll feel better. Even one little incremental step toward the outcome you want will give you greater momentum to finish that goal. No matter what distractions you encounter, because you're gonna encounter them, that's the way it goes, right? But you can do it. Get going, simply start. And for the Simply Nifty segment, I want to play on the Simply Nifty is where I talk about my favorite practices or websites or approaches or books or things I like. And and this is a new one uh, for me that I'm using that has been just super powerful. And establish a streak. Set a routine and do one thing on it every day. Take one step a day. Establish a streak. I write morning pages every day. I've been going 264 days in a row now. I have a friend who has run every day for about three years. Create a habit that you build on daily around the thing that's most important to you. Create a streak and track it in your bullet journal or your calendar or online so you can see each day that you complete this goal. This is new to me. And there's a Google app called Habit Tracker that I've been using for a couple of days. I'm I'm not sure where I'm at with that, but I do like the idea of a streak because it builds momentum and I don't want to break it now. I've been going for almost a year. I I don't want to let down because it's something that's adding value to my life, right? I love doing the morning pages. It frees up my brain. It's a way of parking my writing clutter so I can get to the work at hand, like we talked about that parking file, right? But Pick something that's meaningful to you. Maybe it's a workout streak. You want to walk around the neighborhood every day. Maybe you want to try a new recipe every week for a year. Whatever it is you're going for, make sure it's something that furthers your larger goals, that adds meaning and fun and value to your life and start a streak and keep it up. If you need an app or if it works for you, check out Google Play. There are a lot of habit trackers there and streak trackers. I just keep mine in a notebook mostly, and I mark down the the little squares that show me how many days I've been writing on this one particular project and doing morning pages and doing activity, um, and it feels good to look at my progress. So there are tons of options out there for doing it, but I think starting a streak is simply nifty. Record your activities so you can look back and see your progress and you'll be less motivated to break the streak and more motivated to keep up with these things that are adding value to your life. Hopefully these ideas which I'm also working on will keep us focused this summer and in the months to come so we can accomplish the things that are meaningful in our lives and still have fun doing the other things. I think there's room for it all. It's just about managing our focus and staying on task when we have time to work and letting the rest of it go, right? Okay, that's that. We have chunked this episode into about 23 minutes. Hope that helps you stay on track toward the things that are meaningful to you. Thanks for being here. You can find me at P. L. Campbell on Twitter. Find my books on Amazon or www.imperfectspirituality.com or be in touch with me there. And thank you so much for listening. Now, let's live well, do good, and be happy. Miles, are you ready to record our promo for Season 2 of the want Bet podcast? David, have you ever seen a grown man naked? Miles, we're not here to quote lines from Airplane. We're here to tell people that Season 2 starts August 18th.